In the beginning was the world. See, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? He's just you think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we are speaking with Transparent, and uh, it is a real privilege to have you in the studio. Uh, welcome to History Makers. Thank you very much, bro. I'm just excited to be here today, man, and, and be here with you, and I'm just thankful to be alive today, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I can tell that you have just got – it's like you're jumping out of your skin. You've just got <laughs> the testimony of Jesus shining out of you, and uh, I'd love to hear your story. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing in the States, what part you're from, what your parents were like, what was it like for you growing up? Awesome. Well, um, I'm from Richmond, California, which is in Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much my upbringing is is kind of similar to a lot, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the young people that are in that area. Uh, my mom and dad pretty much were young when they when they had me. They weren't around. Um, I was then raised by my grandparents who were very religious, very into um, church. And so with that, you know, they decided that they were going to make me mm. go to mm. church as much as they went. So I was at church probably Tuesday through Sunday. Maybe my only off day was Monday, <laughs> you know. And um, and I mean, we're going to everything from from usher board meetings to choir rehearsals to Bible studies uh, to then once I became a teenager, now me teaching uh, Sunday school classes. So that was pretty much what uh, how my upbringing was for the majority of my teenage years um but at the same time i was actually man uh living a double life and i was actually living out what i was seeing and although i had told myself um as a young guy that i wouldn't be fake i wouldn't be two-faced if i was going to live a certain way then that's the way that i was going to live but i started to see it so much you know from others in the church and other people who uh took on this religion you know that there would be one thing on Sunday and then the rest of the days out the week until Sunday came around again, they would be totally different, mm. you know. And um, although I said that I would never be that, that's what I started being, mm. you know, in the daytime. That's when I was I was there for God. When night came around, I was the totally different animal, you know, and, and that pretty much followed me all the way out of high school, you know. Mm. And, and when I was in high school, my grandparents, um, like I said, they, they had me going to church. It was more of a forced thing. Mm. Um, I know now that I look back that it was for my own good mm. for me to learn the things of God. It's just at that time I wasn't really taught application, you know, so I was getting a lot of information without the transformation taking place. Mm. And so um then once I left high school, uh, I went to high school in Oakland, California, at Bishop O'Dowd High School. Once I left high school, I graduated and went to Fresno State University and um, went out there to pursue business management. I wanted to make money. I knew that that's what my, my father was doing, although he wasn't doing it in a legal way. Um, I said, well, maybe I can be a little better than him and be more positive. And, and so I went to school for business management, ended up only standing there for about a year and a half, you know, and um when my sophomore year came around of college, I actually ended up meeting a young lady who was a year under me. And um, one thing led to another. We ended up having a child. Um, and my, my first son was born on June 10th, 2002. And um, and like I said, I was just a sophomore in college. And my family was kind of like, are you going to finish school? And the only thing that kept me in school was I didn't want to be the example 
than my dad was to me at the time. And so I said, yeah, I'm going to finish school and I'm going to try to be the most positive and good person that I can be for my son. Uh, that only lasted about five days, <laughs> you know, and um, and, and I start going back to my old ways. And now being outside of my grandparents um, authority, I wasn't going to church, but I always on those days that I went, I could always feel God kind of like tugging at my heart, mm. you know, and and I knew that there was more for me. I just didn't know how to go about getting that. So um, time passed. My son started mimicking and doing everything that I was doing, saying the wrong things, um, acting out the things that he seen his dad acting out uh, pretty much like I was doing back in the day. So it was kind of like a generational curse was starting to take place. And so that that went on for about three solid years, you know, and in that I was dealing drugs. Um, I'd even delved into the whole pimp world where I had prostitutes um, and, and just hustling selling any and everything to make a dollar you know although i was going to college you know and and i should have been there just focusing on my education um i pretty much was doing any and everything that i seen and heard my father was doing and i wanted to fit into the culture and the people around me and so like i said my son saw all of this taking place you know he even to the extent where he was going with me to pick up different people drop off certain things and um, I thought that's what being a man was but in the back of my mind I always remembered those things that my grandparents would tell me you know and they trained me in a way that I should go and um Although I didn't stick to it, I never could fully depart from those things, from that information that they gave me. You know, after a while, I was like, I need a change. You know, I was I was uh, 22 going on 23. And I told myself as a young guy that I would be a millionaire by the time I got to 22. And I wasn't even a hundred air at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I had really not too much money in my pocket for all the foolish things that I was doing. Um, I had nothing to show for it, but a whole bunch of talk. So, um you know, going into my 23rd birthday, I was like, something needs to change. And, um, you know, my son's birthday was coming around. He ended up turning three. And um, that's probably around the time God was like, you are being exactly what you didn't want to be. You know, you're being everything that you said that you you would grow up to be the opposite of. And um, so even with God saying that, I still didn't know how to be like he wanted me to be. I said, I'm trying to be good. I'm not cursing as much. I'm not um, hanging out as much. I'm pretty much here with my son, you know, but God has something different in store for my life like he has in store for everybody's life. And so uh, on July 6, 2005, that was like the pivotal day that my life got changed and I started pursuing Christ. And um, to make a long story um, extremely short, I was hanging out with a young lady that I had no business hanging out with, doing some things that we had no business doing. And on that night, I was driving back from hanging out with her and I was driving back to my apartment complex and it was raining. And those that know Fresno, if you've ever been to California, you've been to Fresno, when it rains, it rains extremely hard. And my windshield wipers were not working at the time. So I'm just driving. And um, and at that point, I was feeling down already that I wasn't being a great father. I wasn't being a great example, not a good role model. And I was following everything that my dad had done to me. I was like, if I don't live or if I don't make it to see home, I'm fine with that. You know, um, now that I look back, I don't know if there were thoughts of suicide, but it was just I I didn't have any hope then, you know, and um, and about five minutes after that, I got a phone call. And mind you, it's about four thirty in the morning and the phone was my grandmother and she got on the phone and her first question was, hey, son, how are you doing? And I'm not one to lie to my grandmother um, or my grandparents. And I said, I'm not doing too good. 
you know, and I explained to her everything that was going on in my life, everything that I had just been involved with earlier that day, earlier that night. And um, honestly, from there to the time that I made it home, I don't remember a thing. You know, it, it's almost like I blacked out, but I made it home safely. And all I remember is that I went over, um, I, I got in my house, went to my bed, kneeled down, and I remember praying. And I remember her praying with me. And uh, my prayer, the the end result of my prayer was, God, if you will let me see tomorrow, if you'll let me be alive another day, I will live for you. I didn't know what that looked like because um, I didn't have too many models of that especially me being a young guy i seen older people doing it and i used to say once i get older i'll do it but i never really seen too many people my age modeling what it looked like to live for christ but i was like if you let me live and see another day i'll live for you you just have to show me what that looks like i was a house manager at the time i just graduated from college actually with a degree in child development um i got my bachelor's of science and um and so then i was a, a house manager for a group home and i had to be to work at 7:30 so we go from 5:48 in the morning to waking up at about 6:45 and i don't know how many people out there listening to this if you've ever been drunk if you've ever been hungover if you've ever been on something that you shouldn't have been on i shouldn't have been able to function with about an hour's worth of rest and I woke up, my eyes were clear, my energy was up, and I was excited to live on that day. So I got up, took a shower, ate, excited. And, and I'm an extremist. If anybody ever gets a chance to meet me in person, I do things extreme. So I was breaking old CDs, anything that had anything to do with the world, I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So um, I got myself up, got ready for work, walked into work, and uh, one of the young men that were that was at the uh, the group home that I was over, he goes, Hey, Mr. Taylor, um, you look a little different today. You know, you're smiling. You look happy. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And this is why. And that was my first opportunity to actually share the great and awesome things of God. And since then, God's been taking me on this accelerated course of ministry and just of sharing the gospel in a real, relevant and radical way for people to really be understand. And, and now my purpose is to to lead people to the information. But my prayer is that it leads to transformation, you know, so they won't have to go down the road that I went and only getting head knowledge, mm. but get knowledge that will um, transform lives, you know. And so um, that's pretty much where my testimony was. And, and now it's um, allowed me to come all the way, you know, out here to be with you on the mm. on History Makers and um, touring around the world, sharing the gospel of Christ through motivational speaking, through evangelism and through this medium that, that we call Christian rap. Mm. So tell us about Christian rap, about your musical career. Yeah. Were you a rapper before you came to Christ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was actually um doing doing worldly rap prior. Um I've been actually rapping since I was like five. Mm-hmm. My father to go back on that um he was a DJ and he had his own group back in the day. So I was I just grew up around music. My mom was a singer. Um, so so my my parents were pretty musically inclined. But the things that were coming out then were the things that I knew, the things that were around me, you know, and um, when God changed my heart and the actual transformation took place, things of my heart were still coming out. Mm. But now my heart was different. Yeah. My heart was on the heartbeat of Christ. Mm. You know, the things of God were the things that began to come out, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, mm. the mouth speaks, you know, and that's what I began to speak life, you mm. know, and, um, and, and those people, people that know, you know, death and life on the power of the tongue. Mm. And, 
and we all have that option. You know, I just decided to choose to speak life, mm. and 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 life to me is Christ and Christ alone. Mm. You know, so um, with me doing my music back in the day. I just wanted to be known. Mm. You know, it was a lot of self-glorification. Mm. Um, wanted to be popular, you know, and, and I was pretty good at it. But my music never went anywhere. Like, mm. you didn't know about mm. me prior to now. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and so when I started doing this thing full time for God, he began to elevate and put me on platforms mm. that I could have never imagined. Mm. And I know for a fact it's because I was obedient. Yeah. And I continue to be obedient every day. And I tell people, the way high is low. Yeah. You know, we don't go low. We don't humble ourselves to get those great things. But mm. in that, God is a great father. Mm. So he does bless with those things. So um, mm. since then, like I said, God's been taking me on this accelerated, accelerated course. Um, I've only been ministering. It'll be four years in November mm. um, that I'll be ministering through Christian rap, holy hip hop, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And um, God's allowed me to win numerous awards. Um, mm. Just released my first album this past January in the States, getting ready to release it out here. Also, this is my third year coming to Australia, mm. you know, and so um, that's just been amazing. I was a guy who never thought that I would see the end of my block, the end of my <laughs> neighborhood, let alone a different city or a different state, but now a different country, mm. you know, and to know that there's awesome people like yourself that are uh, reflecting the glory of God mm. in an awesome way. Mm. Now, one of the purposes of this show is to inspire people to make history, to use the gifts that God's given yeah. them to, to make the world a better place, to change the world. Uh, tell us some stories. Uh, you know, when you go out and rap at concerts, you know, I know yeah. you mentioned you've, you've opened for the Newsboys, yeah, you're yeah. doing stuff with Louis Palau, Crusades, yeah. you know, you, uh, you perform at all sorts of different things. Are there some stories of, you know, teenagers or young people that have heard the good news and, and you know, had a life change through, through the music? Yeah. Do you get much feedback like that? Um, big time. Mm. You know, I, I like to... Um, fellowship like I'm big mm. on fellowship mm. uh, I love the stage mm. I love the platform that God has given me but my thing is doing life with people mm. you know and that's after the music stops mm. you know that's after I walk off the stage and so I get a, a good amount of time to just talk to young mm. people talk to adults as well um, who come and tell me testimonies about how they had never heard the message of God mm. in a way that they can understand it mm. and and what I've learned um you know, that when we are able to understand things, mm. then we can start to do life application with mm. those things that we understand. Mm. And so um, I, I've got numerous hundreds. Mm. Um, now I can say even thousands of, of young people that have said that by them hearing the message in a way that God has given it to me to mm. give to them, um, it's changed their life. Mm. But one thing that I do want to say is God is an equal opportunity God, mm. you know, and his message is the same. So it's for everyone. Yeah. Although my main target group are young adults and youth i've learned that even adults can understand the message mm. you know the method may have changed but mm. the message is consistent and it stays the same and so one quick testimony is there's a guy and i don't think he minds because he's my family now 50 years old uh, by the name of vaughn back in the states and um i did my record release concert and his his son was supposed to come you know 14 year old son justin how you doing justin uh, 14 year old son he was supposed to come didn't come and so my aunt came from arizona to fly to come see see my record release concert she took the cd to Vaughn's son justin gave it to him now Vaughn, um you know is is a is a christian but he also had his doubts on, on life and had his doubts on if god is really hearing mm. and seeing what's going on in his life because mm. he's had a lot of horrible things that have happened mm. in his life you know and um and he's trying to be the best father that he can be to his mm. son and his daughter but long story short she gives the cd to justin 
Justin goes to listen to it. Vaughn goes and says, hey, before you listen to that, let me listen to it to see what kind of rap you're listening to, you know, because I don't I don't allow certain things in my house. Vaughn calls me, you know, uh, a little bit while after and goes, I have not given my son that CD back yet. He goes, that CD changed my life. He even went so far to tell me that some days prior he had he had thought about committing suicide. And he said, listening to that CD, he found out that there was even a young guy like myself who went through and is going through some of the same things that he went through. And so he wasn't in this walk alone. He has somebody else that he could at least relate to. And um, since then, we've been not only the best of friends, but this is a guy who is family now. Like my wife, I want to say hello to my wife, Kia, and my my two boys, and I have one on the way. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I and our family, we go and just do life with Vaughn and, and, and his son, and um, and we just have a good time now. And he's also one of the main contributors to my ministry now, mm-hmm. you know. And um, God just sets things up how He wants. Mm-hmm. To. He's a purposeful God, mm-hmm. you know. So you know. So there's probably people listening now that are thinking, you know what? I'm like Vaughn. I'm going through stuff. I need that message of hope. I need to know how to connect with God. Would you speak to those listeners and, and tell them how they would connect with God? Definitely. Um, like I said just now, God is a purposeful God. If you are listening to this, that means that you're alive, which means that God found you worth it to be alive today. When the world may say that you're worthless, God found you worth it because he's not finished with you yet. He has a purpose for your life and he created you for a specific reason. So what I would say is go to the creator. We're his creation. Go to the creator and ask. It says, ask and it shall be given. Ask him what your purpose is and what your role is for what for you being on this earth. And I guarantee come to me if it doesn't happen, but I guarantee God will give it to you. And then you will be able to start living a life full of passion. And when you start living a purposeful life in the life that God created you to live, your life will never be the change. You will be as excited as I am, you know, to live life because you can wake up every day Mm. knowing why you were created and then not actually just know but then live out that thing as a mm. lifestyle mm. so um, be encouraged be excited about God because I'm excited for you but more importantly God is excited about you yeah now you got your big old black Bible yes. here next to you how important is that to you do you like you're busy you travel you're yes. doing concerts how important is your time to do your daily devotions and spend time with God in the word how important is that to you and, and how do you do it? it it's the most important thing mm. um I make a joke uh, in the States. They talk about like MasterCards and credit cards. They say, don't leave home without it. Yeah. I don't leave without this Bible. Even mm-hmm. on the way up here, um, um, my camera guy, JD, um, he says, hey, you want to bring in the Bible? And, and I'm like, I have to, you know, because we never know when we when we need to have our sword to go to war, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and it's a it's a everyday process and it's an everyday war that we're battling, mm-hmm. you know, with our own flesh or, or we're battling with um, the, the enemy telling us to do different things. So I keep my, my word with me and just a long time, mm. you know, in mm. his word. And I tell people who don't know, this word is God's voice. Mm. When you can hear God's voice and then start to follow what his voice is telling you to do, your life will never be the same. Yeah. But in order to do that, you have to know what he sounds like. Mm. Like me, if I were to call you, if I were to call you maybe uh, two months ago and say, Hey, how you, how you going, mate? That's my that's my Aussie. Um, how you going, mate? Um, I'll be out there in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I'm excited about what God's doing in your life. The first thing you probably been like, 
one, who are you? And two, mm-hmm. how'd you get my number? Mm-hmm. Um, because you didn't know what my voice mm-hmm. sounded like. But I can guarantee that um, family members, you know, they can call you and they don't even have to say who they are. And you'll know them. Why? Because you've built a relationship and you know what their voice sounds like. Mm-hmm. And you spend intimate time with them. Mm-hmm. That's how it is with the father. That's how it is with my word. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I stay in this so I can know exactly what he's telling me because the world has so much noise going on in it. And then the enemy has voices that he'll use to try to knock me off Mm -hmm. and knock other people off. But if we can clearly know what God's voice sounds like, I guarantee your Mm -hmm. life will be radically changed. Well, um, I'm going to be bold now and ask you, could you just rap a bit for us? Definitely. Just just lay down something for you. I'll do something um, (laughs) from the song. It's... uh, Jesus Christ is the greatest. I'm an heir to his greatness. The foundation he laid it. 33 that he stayed here. And the vision so clear. You gonna follow or not? It's much more than the movement. That's why it will never stop. J-E-S-U-S. He's the greatest. Get with him now or get left later. Make your decision, player, to lean on the rock. I know your time is running out and I don't need to see my watch. So that's just a little bit of the song. Ah, that's good. Thank you yeah, very much. Definitely. Well, what's the website people can go to if they want to find out more info about you? Definitely. Um, you can go to www.transparent82, that's T-R-A-N-S-P-A-R-E-N-T, the number's 82.com, and um, you can find me anywhere. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm just learning this new thing called Twitter. I don't know if it's big out here yeah, but in the states, Twitter is a is a big deal. Twitter.com slash transparent eighty two, and you can check me out on YouTube. Um, I'm, I'm with my my brother here, JD, with Elion Productions, and um, he's he's an awesome guy who does video. So you can check out some video footage, even this um interview that we're doing right now on um, YouTube.com slash Lifestyle Ministries, L I F E S T Y L E Ministries, and um, check us out. Mm. Well, it's been an honor to have you on the show today. Mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.